0: right guys welcome back to a new episode of you need therapy my name is Kat and I am so glad you're here if you're new welcome this is a podcast that I host I am a therapist I'm a licensed therapist in Nashville this however is not therapy this is just me talking I started this podcast to encourage people to talk about the stuff that I talk about and maybe go out and engage in their own therapy process. So this year is not therapy, but I am a therapist and what I know through being trained and working as a therapist does influence the things that I talk about on here. Now, <laughs> buckle up guys, because one, it's all me today. And two, we are going to be doing a thing. We are diving headfirst into dating apps And we are going to talk about the joys and the pains of dating apps. And man, we are living in a world where to some people out there, it really seems like dating apps are our only option. So I thought it would be great to have an open conversation of the benefits and the consequences of a dating world that has turned heavily virtual. So let's jump in. Now, one of my fears that comes up so often when I create episodes is that What we will talk about each week won't be relatable to everybody. And honestly, that's the nature of life. Not every episode I put out will be for everyone and that's okay. However, I I say that because I want to make a point to say that this one feels different. Even if you're not dating or you aren't interested in dating apps, this, I think, will be helpful because one, you can understand the people who are using them better. And also, there's larger issues at hand that we're going to be talking about. It's not just the dating apps. It's kind of culture and, and norms and and all of that. So today, we're going to talk about the pros and the cons. We're going to talk about the reality of dating apps. And I'm going to share with you some of my real experiences. And I'm going to share some experiences of other people that aren't mine and we're just going to really get into the biggest blessing and curse to dating. Honestly, since dating started, in my opinion. And what I do want everybody to know, regardless of your, if you're dating, if you're married, if you're single, if you're on a dating app, if you're not on a dating app, I want you guys to know this. A relationship does not, will not, and cannot solve all of your problems. However, I think that personally, I believe this. It's very valid to say that When a relationship is a desire that is imprinted on your heart, it's valid to say that having one, feeling like you can have one, and feeling like you will have one does make a difference in your life, how you view your life, and how you feel in your life. So I don't want to be sending that message that's like, oh, you just have to get over it and a relationship doesn't make life better, whatever. It it doesn't necessarily make it better, especially the kind of relationship you have. I believe you can live a full life alone and it's okay if you don't have feelings about that. But it's also okay if you do live a happy life alone and you do have feelings about it. Like, this is not a one thing or the other. You have to be 100% happy and single or 100% happy in a relationship. It's all messy. You know, life is messy. Relationships are hard. Singleness is hard. It's all hard. Now, I want to start by sharing with you some of the people in my life's experiences um, with dating apps and their feelings about them. (laughs) I asked a mixture of men and women to share what it felt like to be on dating apps. Um, And these are some of the responses I got. Uh, One person said, it feels like you are mindlessly swiping and judging people based on only a few photos and statistics. You exchange a few messages and hope that they are in quotes normal, maybe even funny, but you keep going on date after date, some bad, some boring, some neutral, because every once in a while, every blue moon, you click with someone and it gives you hope that it could work another person said it's like musical chairs and we are all trying to land on the one secure person that's on the apps at that time and you have to act fast because they're going to get locked down real quick and another person this one's a little longer said being single and on a dating app sort of feels like the movie groundhog day you go through the same motions and scenarios maybe make some alterations to your approach think you've made some success only to wake up and realize you're back at the start same shit, new day. It's an odd thing that can both bring fun and excitement and also make you feel bad about yourself. I've spent the past couple years downloading and deleting apps. I find moments where it seems like there are wonderful people on it and times when I feel like I'm getting punked by the universe and I'm going to die alone in a house full of cats. But at the end of the day, it all feels like a numbers game and you might never win. You match with someone, he proves to be normal. You talk and maybe you go out and then maybe he gets bored and one day he just starts swiping. And in between your last great convo or date, he's found something new and shiny to talk to and things just start to fade away. Clearly, this isn't always the case, but it is a reality that dating app world creates for many. But it's also the main way to meet people these days. So if you're looking for someone, it's worth it. At least that's what I keep telling myself. I can be single and just do puzzles alone, or I can put myself out there and maybe be disappointed, but hey, maybe I'll meet someone. God. Okay. That last one, like I, you guys can't see me and I don't, I'm not like boohoo crying. So you can't tell, but like I, my eyes are really watering because gosh, that felt really real and authentic. And so I read those. Cause I want some of you guys to just know if you haven't been on these things, that's kind of, I got a lot of the same gist, you know, like that's a lot of the things that people said were pretty similar and, and, and just like that. So there's the background. Let's dive into what these things are and why they're here. If we want to trace dating apps back to the beginning, I think that we really need to start with online dating sites like Match.com and Christian Mingle and eHarmony. Now, back in the day, things like these weren't talked about much, and it seemed almost shameful to be a part of them or say that's how you met someone. However, I mean, I think there's been plenty of success on these sites, I think. So back in 2012, I think it was 2012, I was seeing a therapist who um, started to encourage me to try out a dating site. I don't know what I had gone to her specifically for, probably my eating disorder that I was lying about, but a lot of what we talked about was my dating life. And I was in grad school at the time and I was struggling with the fact that I was probably 22, 23 and I had at that point not experienced a real long-term serious relationship mind you i at this time thought that this was the most embarrassing thing ever like i would have never thought that i would tell thousands of people on a podcast about that but that's true i did not have my first real relationship i met him when i was 26 but really 27 because i think It was like right at my birthday. I think it was my 27th birthday. And that was my first real serious relationship. And I used to think this was the most embarrassing thing ever. And I was the only person in the entire world who had not had a long-term relationship. And the reality is this isn't that uncommon. But nobody flashes billboards saying, hi, I've never dated someone. So it's easy to feel lonely in that. And I want you to know if you're listening and feeling that you aren't alone. It's not uncommon. And also nothing is wrong with you. Nothing. The reason that you have not had that relationship yet is not because something is wrong with you and you're unlovable. You might not believe that, but I just got to say that because that's never the case. So anyway, going back to this therapist, I, I I was continuing to find, I mean, I was dating people. Um, I was going on dates with people and there are people that were interested in me and I was interested in, but I kept finding these guys around me that were for a, a lack of a time, they were unhealthy. And it felt like I had just, kind of bad options and I found myself trying to morph into what these unhealthy humans wanted and clearly it wasn't working out and she explained her encouragement to use a dating app at or a dating site there were no apps um, at that point that I knew about as an experiment and she said I want you to experiment and, and realize that you get to choose too and so it's not so much about you finding somebody on this site, but I want you to practice what it's like for you to make a choice too. And we do that, man, oh my gosh, we do that. And we do this thing where on the dating apps, which I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but where we are spending so much time trying to get somebody to choose us and like us and make sure these people like us. And we don't even know if we like them or you only like them because they like you. I mean, we spend so much time trying to, trying to be something that somebody else will choose that we don't actually spend time doing the choosing. We don't actually get to look at, hey, what do I want in a relationship? Do you have those things? No. Does that mean there's something wrong with that person? No. But it just means that we're not a fit. Anyway, she wanted me to practice choosing. And you know what? I did it. I did it reluctantly. And I think it was after a couple months of her continuing to bring it up. And I signed up for three months and it was a little painful. (laughs) And I think that... At the time, the only people I told were my two roommates, and I think my mom and maybe my sister knew. And I think I went on two dates from that. Both were very weird (laughs) for different reasons. And one of them was like my top three worst date stories, which honestly, looking back now, I'm like grateful for that whole experience because that story is hilarious to me. And I had to sit in a lot of discomfort. And so I'm grateful for the whole experience. But anyway, the point of me telling the story is that. 10 years ago, I was so embarrassed about using that dating site, like mortified, so much shame. And a huge part of me didn't want, one of the reasons was, was it, I, I told myself there must be something wrong with me that I would have to use this. And I can't just meet somebody like everybody else does. And the other part of me, which I don't think is true. And the other part of me said, I don't want my story to be this way. I don't want this to be the story I have about meeting my future husband. And gosh, the story was like, and so important to me, like so important, which there's a name for this now. It's called your meet cute. And this really gets me going because it creates meaning out of something that shouldn't have that much meaning. How you meet someone is not more important than the relationship itself. This is for all you people out there, not allowed to be a reason to not use a dating app. We'll talk about reasons that you might not want to use them. This doesn't get to be the reason. You don't have to use one, hear me, but I don't want this to be the reason because the story, because Mm -hmm. there are way more important things about a relationship than how you met. So there's a long history of uh, online dating sites and Match and all Farmers Only and all these things that started popping up. And then all of a sudden dating apps pop up. And I think Tinder came out originally in 2012, but it wasn't like, not everybody could use it. Not all phones could use it. And I don't think it gained, it gained its popularity in 2014. I still remember the conversation I had with somebody who has friends with at the time who was telling me about the app and she was like, Oh my gosh, have you heard of this new thing called Tinder? And I was so confused by the concept. I like actually could not understand the concept. Then I remember downloading it and deleting it like once a month. It. I also felt shame about, I mean, there was a lot of shame about even the apps back then too. And I also remember the boost of self-confidence I would get when I would re-download it. And I was given instant validation that guys thought I was pretty or cute or hot or whatever they thought. But then it always came with something else. Came with a lot of radio silence. It came with a lot of unsolicited sexual messages and comments It came with me wondering why a certain guy didn't like me back. It came with hours of amazing text conversations that turned into literally nothing. It came with exhaustion. It came with numbing through constant swiping. And it came with a preoccupation of constantly swiping. And I only went on one date from Tinder. <laughs> we went to Taco Mamacita. This was so long ago. And he spent the entirety of the date telling me about all like the weed he smokes. It was so weird. I literally remember me sitting there being like, am I supposed to be attracted to you telling me the story? And him just looking at me blankly. And to say, we did not talk again. But anyway, so as Tinder quickly started to morph into this hookup culture thing, and all of a sudden all of a sudden, it was easier than ever to have an urge and then get it met immediately. I mean, I guess this isn't that new because I guess people would do this kind of thing when they would go out to bars. But like now we go out to bars and like pick people up. But like now you don't even have to get dressed and leave your house. And you know, I could spend probably an hour on hookup culture. We're not going to do that. But we could. And maybe we will one day. But I do think Tinder is a big reason for the rise of it. It's normalized and almost encouraged hookup culture. And I want you guys to hear this. I am all for people exploring and engaging in whatever kind of sexual relationship that you want to be in with yourself and other people. And I am not here to judge that or say what's right and wrong. That's not what this conversation about is about at all. I want you to do you and I I'm going to do what I want to do and there's no problems with that. However, the hookup culture stuff is more about what is being normalized and why it's being normalized and then how that affects the rest of the world. Women, I'm going to speak for women, I'm a woman, already have a hard enough time feeling safe walking down the street. But when it comes to apps like Tinder, it almost feels like you give up all rights to like not be sexually objectified. The culture around Tinder feels like just because you're on this app and there's this unwritten rule that it's a hookup app that people can say whatever they want to to you and they're doing it behind a screen. So it's super easy. To me, that's scary. And it's also not right. I don't care what kind of sexual relationship you want to have with yourself and other people. It's never okay to objectify and say the kinds of things that people say on these sites and on these apps. I could go on and on and on. But the thing is, if you're treated like this for long enough, you kind of become numb to it. What I am privy to is I hear about, I think, more people's dating app experiences than most people because a lot of my clients talk about this stuff. The things I hear are insane, insane. And the other thing is, it's become like a joke and it's like, oh, well, it is what it is. And it shouldn't be like that. Just because you're on a dating app doesn't mean you can should be able to be talked to like that. It's scary, like I said, and it's not right. And sometimes I think when you're, when you're in this culture now, long enough, you convince yourself that you even like it when you don't. And it almost becomes like Stockholm syndrome situation. You know, like, have you ever heard of friends talking about a situation with someone and they're like, oh my God, he's so sweet. He told me he can't wait to see me naked or honestly something more explicit, but I'm trying to keep it PG-13. And you're sitting there and you're like, what the hell? He's not sweet. He's an asshole. And I'm saying him, but this goes, it could be a girl that does this too. And, and we start to confuse this like courtship pursuit idea with people just being jerks and trying to use us sexually. And it's not cool. But I, what I'm saying is the issue isn't whether or not you want a to ha, engage in a lifestyle of casual sex or not. I don't care about that. The problem becomes what we start to believe based on how we're being treated. Eventually, a big kind of uprising-ish came around. Tinder and I think the people that were using the app to genuinely find love and relationships um, were getting frustrated. And so then something else came out, something that at first was super exciting and offered a lot of hope. And this is Bumble. Hey guys, Kat here. And I have something It feels like you are stepping into a buttery, cozy, warm and cool hug all at the same time. And that's just their pajamas. Don't even get me started on their sheets. As soon as I touched them, I said, okay, we're changing the sheets right now. And the bonuses, they come in this really cute travel tote, so you can take your sheets with you wherever you go. Elevate your summer getaway with Cozy Earth's luxurious bedding and loungewear, ensuring the comfort of home wherever you roam. We're all in luck because you can discover your next destination for ultimate comfort at Cozy Earth. Visit CozyEarth.com and use our code you need at checkout to get off. Yes, 35% off. And let them know that we sent you, you need therapy after you check out. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference So Bumble launched in December of 2014. So not that far after Tinder, but I think the popularity of it took a while. So that's when it launched. I don't know when it really became popular, but it was launched with two former Tinder execs, one being a female. And the idea behind this was awesome. It was a female-led dating app and it it puts the messaging first up to the woman. So if it's a heterosexual relationship with a male and a female match, then the girl has to message first. If it's same sex, either can message first. And I think this doesn't really solve a problem when it comes to the gender norms and sexuality norms. But it, it was trying to create a difference in how women were perceived and treated when it came to online dating. So looking at the development of this, it seemed awesome. Kind of gives some power to women in a world that says that we need to hurry up and wait for our suitors to come find us and sweep us off of our feet. And one of the execs and founders of Bumble shared in an interview, with Vanity Fair a while ago, the concept behind it. And I'm just going to read a quote. It says, if you look at where... We are in the current heteronormative rules surrounding dating. The unwritten rule puts the woman a peg under the man. The man feels the pressure to go first in a conversation and the woman feels pressure to sit on her hands. If we can take some of the pressure off the man and put some of that encouragement in the woman's lap, I think we're taking a step in the right direction, especially in terms of really being true to feminism. I think we are the first feminist or first attempt at a feminist dating app. So great concept, like I said. Now, again, the pillars and the ideas that Bumble were founded on are great women empowerment when it comes to same sex relationships. But then it kind of comes up short, especially because it becomes it just turns into the same thing. And, and when it comes to same sex relationships, it's not really solving some of the problems. And during this time, countless other apps come out like hinge coffee meets bagel the league or just to name a few i'm sure there's tons that i don't know about so what i'm getting at is dating apps basically go hard between 2012 and now and we are no shortage of them but we do seem to be in a shortage of something else which is satisfaction with the apps and sure, there are so many people that are meeting people and getting married and finding real relationships on these things. It it has worked for a lot of people, but it, it, it doesn't work for a lot of people too. And are they hurting us or are they helping us becomes the question I hear so often. And I think also so often people feel pressure to use these because it seems like everybody's using them. Kind of similar to how years ago... I thought I was the only one who didn't have a serious partner. Like we just make up stories in our head. You know, that wasn't true. Everybody's not using dating apps, but it feels that way. And it also feels to some of us like it's our only option. So as we go into this deeper, I do want to say I am not on either side of the fence completely. I'm not pro or con dating app. I have used them before, and to be honest, they actually really helped me get through a very devastating breakup and helped me learn that other people will be interested in me. But I did find two really important things that you have to be ready for if you're wanting to engage in these things. One, you have to be willing to be rejected more than you are chosen. We have got to stop putting our self-worth and how many matches or dates we can get. Because the truth is, in life, more people are going to not want to date you than are going to want to date you. That's just a fact for literally basically anyone. I will say, not for Beyonce and probably not for people like Michael B. Jordan. I think everybody, I don't know. I can speak for myself. They might feel differently about this. But I mean, there's always gonna be an outlier. So those get to be our outliers. But the truth is, you just have to be ready to not be chosen by a lot of people. The other thing is, you have to be willing to kiss a lot of frogs. And some of those frogs are gonna be really gross frogs. And I, I don't mean literally kiss gross people, like you don't have to kiss anybody you don't want to kiss, like no means no and all those things and you can have your boundaries. But I, what I mean by that is if you really want to engage in this, statistically, you're going to have to go on a lot of dates, some that are blah, some that are horrible, some that are great, some are that are great and nobody Returns your call. Some that are horrible, and people won't stop messaging you and asking you out again. And I have gone on some awful dates from dating apps. And I've talked about it before on the show. I have what we have named the shitty date jar in my house, where all my friends and really anybody who wants to add to it will write down their shitty date and put it in the jar. And it honestly, I I created it so I could start laughing at some of these things. But I have a lot of this. I have a lot of stories, and it's just again, that's another reality. When we are meeting people that we can't really vouch for through friends or because we've met them before and and whatnot, we are opening ourselves up to be surprised. And you can only know so much about someone from a dating profile and a couple exchange texts. You can have crazy great chemistry through texting and then meet them and be completely turned off. I mean, does anybody remember me talking about the guy who called me a basic white bitch last year? Like this is what I'm talking about. I thought this guy was going to be awesome. And then we meet and it was like within probably five, 10 minutes, we both were like, this is a disaster. He hated me. Well, I can't speak for him, but like I did not enjoy his company. He was not so kind. I don't know that I was either, but anyway, I digress. So again, one of the most common things I hear in my office are dating woes. And I have worked with countless amazing women and men who struggle finding relationships. And what I hear is, and, and what I get asked all the time is, what's wrong with me? What am I doing wrong? Because a lot, genuinely, people want to know. Like, I want to know so I can fix it. And and the truth is, sometimes there are things we can work on around trauma and relationship patterns and, and your sense of self to help us be more attracted to healthier humans. However, oftentimes, it's not just that easy it's the system that has been set up around dating and that system that we're in around dating dating is very different than it used to be very different the energy around dating the beliefs around dating the way we date it's very different than it used to be I don't think it's all bad I think some of it's very good but some of the system has has really taken a turn for the icky side so let's talk about the system first let's talk about what dating apps have helped with because i think that they've helped with things there are more interracial relationships than ever before and i think that's amazing and this is due largely to multiple things i do believe that the apps allow people to connect with people that they would never run into otherwise due to their different cultures lifestyles whatever you are connecting with more people with different educational and geographical differences than you. And to me, that's pro. I guess that could also, somebody could see that as a con if the, you wanted to. But to me, I think that's a pro of like, we are coming in contact with people that wouldn't normally be in our social circle. Um, so it's, it's widening the options in one sense. They also help people meet people who live in places or towns where there aren't a lot of options. So kind of along the same idea or they they help people who essentially don't have a lot of time to do much outside of work. However, I could talk about that for a while because there's way more to the fact that you don't have time to date or meet people. I would wonder boundaries, priorities, all that. But. You get what i'm saying another pro is it gives just more opportunity to meet people in general and you'll still hear people say i don't know how to date people and the founders of tinder actually started the app because one of them basically never left the house and This helped him engage in the dating scene. And so it's helpful for people that are more introverted or shy or any of that. Again, I will say this could be a con. And honestly, what I've found is that the high side of every pro here kind of does have a con walking right beside it. Yes, it's easier to meet people, but that's just it. It is easier to meet people. And we don't have to do the scary things anymore. We don't have to have the scary conversations. We don't have to push ourselves into our stretch zone and be vulnerable. We don't have to. We can sit at home on Friday night and swipe instead of going out in public and meeting humans face-to-face. Honestly, you can go out and sit at a bar and swipe and not have to talk to somebody. And you can get a confirmation that somebody thinks you're attractive before you actually go up and try to talk to them. (sighs) Feelings. My feelings are coming up. So the most basic and universal fear that humans hold is the fear of being rejected and or abandoned. Dating apps soothe this fear like none other but I don't think in a good way. And my own fear around this is that it stunts our emotional tanks. If we don't have to be vulnerable and risk rejection and we don't like those things, why the heck would we do them if we don't have to, right? Okay, so this is my theory that I've kind of come up with around this. And I'm using general terms here and I'm using gender normative language. So bear with me as I make this point as best I can. I'm not trying to exclude people or offend anybody. I'm just gonna talk about it with gender normative language and relationship normative language. It used to be that men had an easier time being rejected. And this was because the ratio of rejection to acceptance. Think about it this way. If historically, in same-sex, heterosexual relationships, the men are the ones who are expected and therefore do the asking out and pursuing, and us women just sit around and wait for our our white knights to come sweep us off our feet, which is a whole other thing, the men get somewhat used to hearing no. This allows them to become desensitized to the no. Basically, eventually, someone says yes, right? Like, usually. And they start to believe that there's a yes inside all of the no's. And so they become desensitized from that rejection and they also find hope that somebody's going to say yes. And the thing is, if we don't experience this anymore, we get less emotionally habituated to the experience of not being chosen. And so when we are not chosen, it feels bigger. It feels like a shock instead of a part of life and not being chosen by someone or not, I I, don't, kind of hate even that language around it, but somebody not wanting to date you or go on a date with you or somebody not thinking you're attractive, it's really not that big of a deal. It really isn't because the reality is not everybody can like us. We all have such different filters and minds and and worldviews and personalities that it just doesn't make sense. But if we're not engaging in that ever, if we live in a world where we just like get on an app and get a bunch of likes and, and, and whatever and get our validation fixed and then delete the app and then do it again three weeks later, we're not realizing that it's super normal to not have people choose you. So that's one thing. And then we become more fearful when we are in public And we don't actually have real conversations. We don't really make eye contact with people. We don't do the scary thing. And so that's what makes a lot of people feel like, well, if I don't, if I'm not on a dating app, nobody's going to talk to me in a coffee shop because all the people in the coffee shop are sitting on their phones on their dating apps, (sighs) man, not being chosen by somebody or not being liked by somebody or, or being told no by someone does not mean something's wrong with you. It just means that you won't fit everyone. And I think that's a really hard reality that a lot of us don't like to live in. And you know, this is just like a side note, but how many of you just, I've thought, I thought about this as I was saying that, how many of you have been out in public and you're like, oh my gosh, I match with that guy on a dating app, but y'all don't speak. And then you get home and you get a message on the dating app that says, did I just see you at so-and-so or wherever? And you're like, yes, I was there. And you guys have a great conversation. But like the reality is, why didn't you just say something in person? We're just so habituated to being afraid of true vulnerability. And we choose comfort over everything. So why don't we just start talking about the cons because we're kind of (laughs) there. A huge issue with the dating apps is it seems like there's too many options. And at times dating now feels like you're online shopping. And the term there are plenty of fish in the sea is being used against people in a way. I mean this in the sense that Anyone can get on a dating app instead of a date the next day. doesn't mean it's going to be a quality date, but there are options out there. And psychologically, this affects the way we engage in relationships and the effort we put into them. There can be less of a desire to stay in a relationship and work through toughness because you can just start a honeymoon phase with somebody else the next day. And I know that some of us are like, oh, there's not any good options on there. But the fact is there are so many options and that messes with our heads or there's an idea that there's so many options out there really number two a huge con which I feel like I don't need to drive home anymore because I just talked about it but it lowers our tolerance for discomfort it also lowers our expectations for dating and I kind of mentioned this earlier when I was talking about like how we're like oh my gosh this cute guy just told me he can't wait to see me naked and I'm like oh my gosh you have not even met him yet that's not sweet (laughs) but it lowers our expectations, and there's so many ex- like examples of that I could give, but you guys know what I mean. And I would even, if you're somebody who struggles with this, like think about how like your expectations might be lowered, and you're okay with people doing the bare minimum because people can, and they can get away with it. The other thing is we confuse intimacy with for information, or we confuse information for intimacy, and and this just makes dating weird. Dating is an experience where you meet someone, you get to know them date by date, you start to learn more about each other, and through that, you gain a level of intimacy by shared experiences, shared time, and information. People can spend weeks texting someone on a dating app, and then they know your whole life story by the time you meet. So like, that's weird. But also building trust is part of building intimacy. So how are you building trust by just texting someone you don't even really know who they are? And I believe people earn the right to know your story. So it also can be a shock to you when you like meet somebody for the first time who knows everything about you. And then you're like, oh, I don't know how to communicate in real life. You know, I don't know how to have an intimate conversation when I don't have all the time I need to edit and and, and fix and and state everything I want to say perfectly. Also, I think what I hear a lot is we're exhausted by dating now because of the so many options and so many opportunities and because it feels like we have to be on there so often to find that person and it makes me think of that one of the things that I read in the very beginning about it seems like we're all in a quest for the one secure person out there so it feels like we have to be on the app all the time to make sure we don't miss that person and you know burnout builds up you know and, and ramps up and and I think we get super discouraged easier and then gosh ghosting I haven't mentioned ghosting yet let's talk about that and let's talk about the differences in ghosting because it's one thing if you match with someone and you message them a couple times and, and then they went dark it's another thing if you have a full-fledged conversations you make plans for a date and then they go dark and it's a another thing when you have actually been on a date and then they go dark or multiple dates or I mean you're in a relationship and then they go dark I could do a lot of episodes inside of this episode I should do one to ghosting the truth is, we know why people do this to an extent. They do it because they can. We are building up this intolerance to discomfort through the easiness in the ease of dating apps and the impersonalness of dating apps dating apps are not personal so we don't have to do the scary uncomfortable thing we don't have to have the uncomfortable conversation we don't have to be honest we can just not talk about it we can avoid it and again that sends us the message on a different level around our inability to to handle hard things and difficult things and uncomfortable things and because of the nature of dating apps people are looking at each other as not so human. It's like just another person I swiped on just another person I had a random conversation with just another person I went on a date with. And like, I hate this because every person on the dating app is a person. They're people. I mean, I think there's some like, you know, again, outliers. (laughs) This time it's not Michael B. Jordan. It's like the creepy people on there that are like catfishing or, you know, could be predators. But for the most part, the people on these dating apps are people and and we forget to treat each other that way. And here's what I know about ghosting and about being stood up and not being chosen by people. It is not about you. And I I really want you to hear this. It's not about you. We don't have all the information. So we really can't 100% pinpoint what it's about, but it cannot be about you if they don't really know you and if it's about their perception of you it's still not about you because a perception is someone's view of something based on the filter they see life through a filter that could be covered and painted with 500 million different things including attachment wounds so i'm going to say it again when somebody ghosts you doesn't choose you stands you up ignores you it's not about you and we can't always make it about us I don't want you to make it about you. Yeah, I want us to be introspective. I want us to notice when our stuff comes up. I want us to notice all that stuff. But a lot of times it's not about us. And when we try to make it about us, we send ourselves a message that we're wrong and bad. And that's not helpful. Now, when it comes down to it, dating apps aren't going anywhere. And it can feel very much like, like I said, since everyone's using them, I'll never meet somebody if I don't use them. And I don't really believe that to be true. If you don't want to use them, don't use them. If you do, use them. But just because everyone's doing them doesn't mean you have to. What you will have to be aware and open for if you don't want to use them Is just for other opportunities, which are harder now due to the nature of what these have done to just our people skills, like our interpersonal skills, like this has stunted our interpersonal skills to an extent. And the truth is, there's no how to when it comes to dating. Oh, man, I could go off on this. Relationship and love coaches have become such a thing. And for the lack of a better term, they're very annoying to me. (laughs) No one can guarantee you love in a relationship. A lot of this is up to chance in life and, and the universe and, and if you believe in God, God. There isn't a book you can read. There isn't a workshop you can take. There isn't one thing that's going to lead you and, and make you into the person that's going to then finally run into a, a person and have a relationship. That's not how that works. There are things you can work on. Yes, your attachment, anxiety, your story, the filter you view the world through, all of that jazz. But when it comes to your core beliefs that influence how you approach relationships, you can't get that love coached out of you. And I just take this stuff so seriously. Therapists have like 16 different roads crossing inside their heads when they work with clients. We are looking and evaluating so many things at once and putting pieces together in the back of our minds. The questions we ask, the way we sit, the pauses we make, the things we pick out of what you say, they all have purpose and we have been trained and have studied for years how to do this in a way that actually offers healing and hope and not just hope that we can fix you and make you dateable that's not our goal. And there is people are too complicated. Mental health is too complicated. Relationships are too complicated for us to simplify them in a dating workshop or a book, because we are all so different based on our experiences, our shared experiences, and all of that. If you ever see something that guarantees you find love or a relationship, be wary, like really do like I'm not saying don't do it, but put your guard up a little bit. I cannot guarantee anything as a therapist. I cannot predict your life. I cannot predict your future. And the truth is not everyone, and I hate this, but not everyone gets what they want and and not everybody gets what they deserve, no matter how, how hard they work not trying to be a Debbie Downer because I hate this because there's things in my life that I'm like I might not ever get those I say this because it would be manipulative for me to tell you that I can make something happen in your life like that what I can do is help you find hope and healing I can help someone see their blind spots for sure and that might help you in your relationships or your pursuit of a relationship I also can't do it myself I help you do it so I help you do the thing I don't do the thing and I cannot use the same steps to help every single person I work with. That idea is outrageous to me. Now that was a rant I kind of didn't expect to go on, but we went there. So I'm glad we did. And I mean, I think y'all can get what I'm saying when it comes down to it. It isn't so much that dating apps are our problem. I think it's something bigger I think that it is this idea that we want so much instant gratification it's the idea that we want to we want the easy road we want the comfortable road we want answers and and again we want it to be easy and relationships aren't easy meeting people isn't always easy asking someone out isn't easy being vulnerable is not easy gosh I wish it was but it's not dating is hard relationships are hard being vulnerable is hard Now, as our world progresses more and more, we are finding ways to simplify life and things. And I think that's awesome when it comes to efficiency and in medical upgrades and stuff like that. But when it comes to our interpersonal relationships, I don't know if efficiency is what we need to be going after. Authenticity, relatability connection. All of those things are lost with efficiency. Think about it. Ah oh, gosh, oh, this makes me think about I went to grab some cookies at Crumble Cookies. Shout out Crumble Cookies. Oh my gosh, if you have not been, you need to go if you have one close to you. They are amazing. So anyway, I I went to grab some last week before I went to my friend's house and I had never been into the store. Um I usually just order cuz they deliver them warm, but I I was going to pass it. So I went to go grab them and I was so confused because it's like a storefront. You go in and there's people there and there's people working, but if you don't want to, you don't have to talk to someone you, when you go in and order, you can just order at a kiosk and then just wait there. And then they'll just like call your name and you grab them and you leave and you know, how many stories did you used to hear about people meeting in line somewhere or or, or at a coffee shop or somewhere random? And well, if we all order our groceries and and don't stand in line anywhere, and we do everything on our phones, including these dating apps, you're never going to meet somebody out in public. Because again, we're going for efficiency, and it takes out the relational aspect of life. And if we don't have the relational aspect of life anymore, how are we going to build and find relationships? Right? I think the other part of this that is definitely not lost on me is that the pandemic has created a little bit of an issue and it's created an inability to be in public and meet people. And I think that builds some gratitude for the apps because for a couple months and even now it, it fills a gap when there weren't any other options. We couldn't go out in public. And so that was helpful. But now it seems like we're, we've dug ourselves a bigger hole. It's not like when the pandemic is over, I think everybody's going to be like, okay, let's go out and make eye contact with people again. And when it comes down to it, I feel like this sounds very one-sided, but I'm really not for or against the apps. I've used them and I've found and dated more than one person that I've met off of those. And and one of them I still keep in touch with. And he's somebody I enjoy having in my life even after we realized the relationship was never going to work. But what I believe is if we're going to be using these apps, there's nothing wrong with that. We also need to be working other muscles. We can't rely on them. But the fact that so many people do rely on them creates the ripple effect that makes us feel like we have no other option but to rely on them. And when we start to think of it that way, it creates this like black and white all or nothingness. And I don't think we need to do that with most things. There are plenty of people that still don't use them, less than before, but also not everybody's using them. And I guess kind of coming to an end here, my goal in doing this episode is really to be talking about something that we're all feeling and talking about it out loud. If you're frustrated with this, you're not alone. I don't have the answer right now. But what I do know is speaking about the potential problem often is the first step in In a healing process and finding an answer. So I want to just send some encouragement to everything. Keep heart. And take the pressure off of these things maybe if they don't work for you and they're causing you more pain don't feel like you have to do it and if they do work for you that's okay too like that's that's awesome if you've found a relationship where you enjoy them that's awesome just like anything else which is kind of the point of this a lot of what I've said there isn't a one size fits all for everybody so these dating apps are going to be great for certain people and they're going to be really not great for other people we don't all have to be on the same page what I do think we all need to be on the same page about is maintaining the ability to connect in real life right like we need to still be working those muscles and so I don't know how we do that maybe we all go out and and we practice making eye contact or we practice saying hi to somebody or asking somebody how their day is and and we just see what happens because I think the pandemic has added to this because it's like stay six feet away oh gosh you know which it, I, I respect but it's created this another gap in being like hey how are you but we don't have to do it so we don't do it and then we're scared of doing it even though it's not scary to say hi to a stranger it's, well certain strangers maybe but like you know at target if you're in line it's okay to be like hi how's your day anyway so i don't have the answer but what i do have is the beginning of a conversation so i really hope that this conversation helps some people feel seen and some people feel understood and some people feel not alone and maybe if you're if you're not one of those people it it can help you have an understanding for what some other people might be going through cuz this stuff's tough So keep heart. I love you guys. I will talk to you guys on Wednesday for Couch Talks. I say this a lot, but if you have specific questions about this, Episode and dating, send it to me. I am not a dating coach. <laughs> I'm a therapist. So I'm not going to tell you what to do. If, if you have a thought, maybe it's just a comment, send it to me and, and maybe we'll share that. You can send it to Catherine at Union And if you don't already follow me, you can follow me at cat.defada on Instagram and at Therapy Podcast on Instagram. I also would love so much if you guys could rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. That stuff all means so much much and when i do ask you guys to do it some of you do actually do it so i appreciate that and um if you could yeah just put a little rating if you're listening to this on apple Podcasts. scroll to the bottom real quick click that's hard to say a rating on there and if you have a couple extra moments like feel free to leave a little feedback for me I i love reading that stuff so i will talk to you guys on wednesday and um i love you guys have the dating day you need to have today Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like... Whoa. And... Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. During the Right Rug Flooring Hello Summer Sale, you'll find savings throughout the store, all backed by the right price guarantee, including carpet with a lifetime stain warranty, only $159 installed with pad.